Hispanic Heritage Month has arrived, Mike Sargent. It's September 15th through October 15th. And uh, a few days before you and I started sort of kicking around, it's like, here we go again. Me as a Latino, what should I do for Hispanic Heritage Month? And how are we going to celebrate this on the podcast? And I remember you asking me if I had any curiosities. Yes. Uh, that I wanted to discuss. And I said, you know what? I do have a curiosity. What do black people feel about Hispanic Heritage Month? How do they perceive it? How do they live with it? Are they aware of it when it's happening? Do they think about it? Do they read about it? Do they support, engage in Latino culture? Do they have Latino relatives? Maybe Hispanic Heritage Month is the perfect moment to explore those roots of African Latinoness, right? This is the month to do it. I think most people, Black people included, would be challenged just to name a couple of historical Latino figures. And that's what led into what we're going to do today. Exactly. So then you told me, hey, I wonder what Latinos think about Hispanic heritage. <laughs> that's exactly what I wondered. That's exactly what I wondered. <laughs> because I know what it's black, what it's like to be black during Black History Month. I know what it's like. I know how I get called to do things. I know what happens. I know where I'm placed in society for a month, the shortest month of the year. And here's what we get. Question mark. Complexity. Completely. <laughs> confusion. Wait a minute. So you guys come in different shades? You guys can look like a German? You guys can then look very indigenous? Or even fully black? Yep. That's us. Hispanics. Latinos. And... You know, I just don't think we get the cool factor that Black History Month gets. You know what I'm saying? If you ask anybody in the United States, Black History Month has a better profile, cultural profile, than Latino. You pretty much can mention almost all white history, a lot of black history, especially after Black Lives Matters in 2020. But how much do people really know about Latino history? I thought it would be a great idea. Why don't we just, I'll ask three black friends. You'll ask three Latino <laughs> friends who are intelligent, yeah. who are educated. How much do you know about Latino history in America? And you'd be so surprised. <laughs> but you see, this is the thing that really struck me. Even the whitest of the most white supremacists, if you said name three black historical figures, they'd give you the general rundown. There'd be 
Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman. You can roll off at least a half a dozen without even thinking about it. Even if you are a white supremacist and you hate and don't respect these people at all, you know who they are. But what about Latino Americans? I'm very curious how much Latinos are aware of their culture. And I was very curious, like you said, what do black folks think? I'm a University of Georgia grad. And then later in life, I um, went to New York Film Academy in New York City. I mean, at 72 years old, I've learned so much in life, and yet I am still fresh to keep learning. I went to school in New York, Staten Island, and I went to school in Manhattan, school called High School of Art Design. And uh, I am an illustrator and a graphic designer. How much would you say you know about Hispanic heritage in America? Uh, not a whole lot. Enough to know that the, there are several layers to the Hispanic culture. And with Hispanic Heritage Month, I try my best each year to give honor to those that I don't know. I grew up with uh, Hispanic Americans, uh, which probably called Latinx nowadays, uh, but some of my best friends. I grew up in Staten Island, New York. And in my neighborhood, there was uh, all different kinds of cultures and Puerto Ricans and Dominicans were a big part. So I, I know enough about them to have lived with them and been friends with them. Fascinating. Okay, this is what I wanted from the very beginning. That, to me, sounds like an anthropologist, a group of anthropologists looking at this Latino species. The Latino Speciorus that exists in America. It's just fascinating how, I guess, Hispanics amongst themselves, we, it just seems so normal that we don't think that anybody would look at us as a different group whose history you have to explore and study like you're going to another country and of course you're going to try their food and you're going to try their sports i feel that there is a gap between how much latinos know about blacks and black culture that i don't think that is reciprocal i really don't think black culture really knows enough about latino culture because schools don't teach Latino history in this country. It's sort of like saying primitive man didn't know anything about microbes. You know why? Because microbes were invisible to their eyes. So if Latinos are... Dan, did you just compare us to microbes? I'm just I'm saying microbes <laughs> meaning, okay, micro, okay, is that bad? All right, oh, I don't mean it in a man. negative way. You know what I'm saying. I'm just saying something that's there, something that's always been there, something that's part of, of life. That's the weird thing to me about Hispanic. It's so much a part of American culture. There isn't anywhere you can go online. There isn't any utility you can call. There isn't any company or interview or job thing you fill out or application where it doesn't ask you if you speak Spanish. Are you Latino? They always ask. It's always there. You even have the prompt to hear your instructions in Spanish almost any place you call in this freaking country. Yet the questions and the answers that we got I think you're being kind to say it's not quite reciprocated. Dude, there's no comparison. <laughs> there is no comparison. And so I think for me that that kind of just opens up my eyes, that there's 
a lot to teach, a lot to educate, a lot to share about our history. We need this American Latino Museum really bad. So I picked a interesting cross sections of my three Latino friends, two women and a man, and I let them introduce themselves and then I asked them the first question. Laura Martinez, born and raised in Mexico City. I'm a journalist and I live in New York. My name is Sabina Latang and I'm a New Yorkerican living in Oakland, California and I'm a writer and educator. My name is Keith Hernandez. I am Puerto Rican and Irish and Scottish and all those other things that, that come from the other side uh, and the other half. I'm the uh, CRO of Sonoro Media. How much do you know about Hispanic heritage in America? That's a good question. I never had to think about it when I was living in Mexico or even when I used to live in Asia. I actually did high school in Singapore. And it's one of those things that being Mexican and being obviously Latin American, I never really had to think about it. It's something that that kind of happened when I moved to the U.S. about 20 years ago. I always think of, more than anything, Hispanic Heritage Month as an academic holiday more than a kind of cultural holiday. My introduction to it was always high school, college. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to throw parties and we're going to talk about these things. But it always felt like the very special episode of dot, dot, dot. Where, okay, now we're going to turn the calendar over and we're going to we're going to introduce you to some of the folks that are sitting here in class that, that you might not know about them. So that's that was my introduction to it. I don't think it was, I'm trying to think if it was middle school, but I actually think it might have been high school that the first time that it was really brought into the school setting. Good question. I think I'm in the position where I'm learning about Hispanic American history, especially right now in my position. I'm in a place where I'm learning more than I've ever learned before about our contributions to the history of the U.S. The next questions were pretty simple. We're a pop culture show. We cover pop culture. So we asked a pop culture question, which is, can you name the only Latino actor to win a Best Actor Oscar? And here's what my subject said. Rita Moreno? That's Best Supporting Actress. Oh, you mean for lead? For lead? Correct. Has there ever been one for a lead? Yes, there was. I don't know who that is. Best Actor Oscar. I'm not sure who played Desi Arnaz in the latest movie because I know they were up for Oscar nominations and awards, but I don't know. I can't name one. Yes, Rita Moreno. Oh, that's... No, she's that's, that's Best Supporting Actress. Let me ask you a couple of questions and see how much you know about pop culture and Latinos. Let's see if you can name any of these. These will be interesting. Number one, can you name the only actor... The only Latino actor to ever win a Best Actor Oscar. Ah, shit. I should know that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Oh, Benito del Toro. Was that it? No, that's not him. (laughs) I got a lot of studying to do. Oh, man. Um, Best Actor, not like Supporting Actor, Best Actor. I'm I'm going to throw a... Hail Mary, Martin Sheen. Did Martin Sheen ever win? <laughs> Jose Ferrer, Puerto Rico. 
Yet we're 19% of the population. Wait, yeah. listen, one in the history of the Oscars. And nobody remembers his name. Even our own people, it was hard because what Latino is going to remember, top of mind, something that happened 72 years ago that no one talks about anymore, lamentably. All right, so the next question it being Hispanic Heritage Month and all the demographics of Latinos being what you just said, they were 19% of the population. Jack, you came up with this next question because this happened in our lifetime. That's right. And it was, who was the first Hispanic to run for president? Oh my God, I don't, I have no idea. Was it Mark Rubio? That's the damn sure. Cesar Chavez. Oh, man. It hopefully cannot be Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. There has to be somebody. <laughs> of the United States. It's some dude named Martinez Gonzalez Fernandez. Close. Fernandez. Ben Fernandez. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> he was a Republican during the Nixon years. At this point, Jack, I thought just to save face, we should give them something easy. And so this was the question that actually I came up with. When it comes to black history, like I said, everybody knows somebody. So I asked the question, can you name any three Latino historical figures? I mean, I don't know. I have to, like I said, I have to really think about it. It's not like I, it's something that I think about. Fidel Castro. Okay. Uh, I mean, Cesar Chavez, uh, Che Guevara, Castro. Uh, brothers, because he's got both of them have been in office. You've got uh, uh, Chile's uh, Pinochet. Uh, you know, there's a, a whole list of uh, Salvadorians and Ecuadorians, Panamanians, from Noriega to, you know, I just named you five, six right there. Well, um, I mean, I do know who Frida Kahlo is. Chavez, uh, the the farmer dude, you know, writes and all that. Um, if we include music or actors, so many that I actually just hard to gather my thoughts to just hold it in. Okay. Oh, Celia Cruz. Love me some Celia Cruz. Love her, love her, love her, love her, love her. Tito See, I can think of musicians. Carlos Octobon. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> my dear guests, I am Mr. Rock. Your host, welcome to Fantasy Island. Brother, here's the thing. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I'm trying to go back to my school days in, in elementary, high school, college. I, I, I really don't remember... Outside of Cesar Chavez, when I started to become like a teenager into my 20s, the fact that I met Dolores Huerta and I spoke to her, to a certain extent, Carlos Santana, individuals that have somehow through their art form or their activism have left an imprint in white, black 
culture in this country, that they've transcended their own Latino-ness to become one with America. And so those people are so influential, but anybody before 1950, I understand if no one else knows, because I don't even think Latinos know. Can you name any three Latino historical figures in the United States? Can I say Sonia Sotomayor? Of course. That's a historical okay. figure. That's so one. Sonia, yeah. So I'm going to go with Lolita Lebron. Roberto Clemente, for, always for me. Like Growing up with him, that's the one that I hold on the high standard, not only because I'm a huge baseball fan, but the humanitarian efforts that he did on, on top of that. I'm going to go with Cesar Chavez. And then I'm going to cheat again, because she is AOC, right? <laughs> She is a historical figure. She has paved the way in so many ways for not only Latinos, but people of color to speak their progressive minds and talk about the things that people are so scared to talk about. I had a bonus question, and the bonus question is really two questions. And that was, what does the term Hispanic mean to you? And is Latino and Hispanic the same thing? I found, now keep in mind, none of my folks are Hispanic, but I found that their answer is interesting. What does the term Hispanic mean to you? And is Latino and Hispanic the same thing? I always think of them as being the same thing, but I could be, I know that I could be ignorant about that, but I wouldn't say that. It means to me, anybody who's from Spain or from a Spanish-speaking background, so that would include all parts of South America, Mexicans, Cubans, but also any part of the world that uses um, being Spanish as their main language. But mostly, I, when I think of it, I usually think of South Americans. When I think Hispanic, I think anybody speaks Spanish. And same thing with Latino. And I know if you come from Latin America, you're Latino. Or, or if that's your roots, if you will. Because, I mean, you can be born and raised here, but still be considered Latino if you are Cuban or from Central, whatever, they consider you Latino. I always saw them as one and the same. Sort of like, you know, with black people in this country. I am well aware that you've got people from Haiti, people from the Dominican Republic, people from, you know, West Africa, you know, uh, Trinidad, Tobago, whatever, but they're all considered black. And so Latino and Hispanic was pretty much considered the same all just lumped together for me, whatever, it was all the same thing. If you're in New York City and the Upper East Side, no, you don't want to go in saying that because they'll cuss you out. Puerto Ricans don't like to be referred to as Hispanic. And that's one of the things you have to be very careful. You really do have to know where you are to be able to understand the different languages that people call themselves. That's really important, and especially in the Hispanic culture, as I'm learning, because it's my son's wife is both Panamanian and Puerto Rican. So I have to engage in a cultural understanding of those dynamics. Okay, but what does the term Hispanic mean to you? It means Saunders. by nature of those who speak Spanish, using the word Hispanic. For a long time, Mike, I had used Hispanic and Latino interchangeably. And I did that for a long time. And when anybody asked me, that's exactly how I would answer. You know why? Because there's institutional knowledge, right? Academic knowledge. A group of people defined a word, a term by government and policy. And this is the true official definition, right? By the flag. 
And then it's the way people in real lives use that word, more of like an urban context to it. And so Hispanic and Latino to me were the same thing. Not until all of a sudden there was this bigger, better understanding of race in this country when I was an adult that I started to hear more of the historical context behind these words. Now, listen, Hispanic and Latino are made up words by people in the Nixon administration in the 70s. The first word that was made was Hispanic. Then after that, it was Latino. And those are the two that we got. But remember, Hispanic was done by Republicans, and I believe Latinos might have had some Democratic help. But ultimately, those are created words by a group of Hispanic and politicians in government. That's why Laura Martinez, my good friend in Mexico, is like, what the hell is Hispanic? Because outside of the United States, those words aren't really used. And so this is what we got, man. Latinx, because someone's pissed off that they don't like Hispanic or Latino. So here are my subjects answers, and then I'll give you the rest of my thoughts after. What does the term Hispanic mean to you? And is Latino and Hispanic the same thing to you? Hispanic, again, it's a word that I came to hear and use when I moved to the U.S. Again, it's something that in Mexico, obviously in, in Mexico we speak Spanish, but I never heard of someone talking about Hispanos. If anything, we would talk about Latinos que viven en Estados Unidos. The word Hispanic or Spanish equivalent, Hispanos, was something that I was not familiar with. I think what Hispanic has to do with language and the connection to Spain. The joke that I have with this, because of Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, Latin, all these different things, especially in the business world, my, my little joke with it that is semi-serious is, I don't care what you call me, just call me. Include me in the conversation. Let me have a seat at the table. Let me be part of things. Hispanic is a very tough one for me. I don't identify as Hispanic. I When I share who I am, I say I'm Latino. I'm also white. I'm also New York, I'm Puerto Rican. It's all of those things mixed together. So I don't really go out there and battle any of those terms. I try to go, okay, what are you comfortable with? How do you want to identify? Let me make sure that I'm identifying you in the way that you are comfortable with versus trying to put something on it. Because again, like for me, Hispanic has a lot of negative connotations. It very steeped in the colonization of a lot of different countries and a lot of different ethnic groups. So that never felt right for me. Oftentimes I just say I'm Puerto Rican, right? Leave it at that and let other people put the little pieces together in their head and of what they want to call me. Latino, Latinx, Hispanic, definitely there's a generational preference there, but I think that's largely because Latinos have immigrated to America from all these different countries. And in America, you have a certain identity this is something Javier Bardem talked about in the kinds of characters he's played. And this is part of what dovetails into the idea of Latinos from one culture playing Latinos in another culture. Now, you remember what John Leguizamo was accused of by Bill Maher? Latinos aren't supposed to play anybody else, but whites can play anybody. This is our issue. We're trying to find an equal playing ground with everybody else, Mike. Why? 
we don't exist, but we're everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and that conundrum is the bane of our existence because you don't know what the hell you are. What's your specific mission and purpose? It's like you can't wrap your head around the fact that James Franco in 2022 is going to be playing Fidel Castro instead of a real Cuban. last thing we wanted to do here on the show because i found this whole exercise of us talking to our friends so enlightening and you've made you give me a lot to think about but we were going to share our favorite piece of latino history that we've learned something else you've said throughout here has made me want to ask you a question as a black person i have a certain feeling about being looked at being identified in a certain way and it's interesting what you said that Latinos are everywhere, but they're invisible. What do you feel it would add to Latino identity if a kid from the time they're in school has a whole part of their curriculum? We already know they're trying to get rid of critical race theory and anything having to do with racism or slavery. They don't even want to teach that. Taking away uh, a past, a sense of identity, and I know for a lot of Black folks, we're not necessarily proud of the fact that we were slaves. That's not something we go into school, can't wait to hear about that. Forget how white people feel about the fact that they're enslaving us. Black people don't love hearing about slaves. There are a lot of Black people don't want to see historical Black films because they don't want to see that. They don't go to the movies for that shit. That's part of the argument. I'm curious now, since that's not a component, you don't have this past that you're necessarily ashamed of. Modern culture is always trying to cast you if you're an immigrant or if you speak Spanish as being less than. I'm wondering what you think a sense of that history would do to change the identity of the Latino in America. Listen, our culture is at stake in this country. This is, we are under threat of historical erasure. If we don't do something about it, generations from now, if we're still not talked about, there's going to, what's going to happen is that the Latino won't no longer become a Latino. They'll be a mimic of white and black or even Asians of this country because there'll be more history about them and more aspirational figures about them than ourselves. Growing up, and maybe even into my late 30s, if you asked me what my three favorite directors were, I'd tell you'd be like Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, David Fincher, all white. I wouldn't name many black directors because I didn't know any of them. And it wasn't until Guillermo del Toro that Latino directors became famous with The Three Amigos. But before that, who are you going to say? That was 
appreciated by the Hollywood community, that was put on the cover of uh, Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, that was celebrated, that would go to book signings and would have an opening at the New York Film Festival. What Latino is treated like that? We got Robert Rodriguez and he doesn't get that level of celebration. We have to save, preserve, we have to explore, discover, we have to investigate our history. We got to put it into this American Latino Museum that the Smithsonian is doing. We got to be able to fund that museum. That is going to be our time capsule, that museum. That's the one we're going to be able to present to any alien species in this universe. And say, look, this is what we did in this country. You'll notice it on TV. You'll notice it in sports. You'll notice it when you eat. You'll notice it when you go to a hotel. You'll notice it in your car. You'll notice it in your entertainment. We're everywhere. But we're nowhere. So Jack Rico, over the years, I've discovered some Latino history because it is something that interests me. Obviously, that's part of why I'm doing the show with you. But I really want to know for you, because you clearly know a lot more about Latino history than I do, especially specifically Latino American history. I want to know maybe like what's one of your favorites, things that you've learned about, about Latino. You said something key in the last segment. You said aspirational figures. And representation means so much to a child. Seeing yourself, just like what's happening now with superheroes are finally being superheroes of color. Aspirational figures, hidden figures. Imagine how many women would be in science if the women from hidden figures were not hidden in the 60s, you know? It would have changed that industry. Who knows what innovations would have happened? That being said, I really want to know what's one of your favorites that most people probably don't know. Here it is. Did you know that the vaquero was the original cowboy? So this cowboy culture, Yellowstone, right? Oh, man, Taylor Sheridan and his Yellowstone universe. It's all cowboys. And when you watch Yellowstone, you can't help but look at the cowboys and the Indians. Where is the Mexican imprint of that cowboy? Remember Indians, Native Americans? That the horse was brought by the Spaniards to this country. Native Americans didn't know what a horse was until the Spaniards brought one. The, the Spaniards were the ones who brought the horse to America. They're the ones who brought the longhorn cattle to America. It was the Spaniards that taught the Mexicans in Nuevo America, Mexico, how to become cowboys. You can even say that the original global cowboy is the Spaniard. Kings and monarchs were the ones who were on their horses, equestrians with whips. But it was the subservient that would always rattle up the cattle. That was then taught to the Mexicans. And the Mexicans then taught it to the Americans in Texas. 
and around the 1860s, that's when the full-blown influence of Mexican vaqueros, Mexican cowboy culture, was adopted by the American West. And then now, anytime you see cowboy culture, you will never see any mention of Spaniards or Mexicans involved in that. Country music? Brother, that was Mexican music, along with black music. And then readopted and recommercialized and whitewashed for what is today considered in America country music and cowboy culture as the symbol of white Americans. All based off of Hispanics. You know what I love about what you're saying too is that even the term cowboy, okay, we now you just told how 90% of it is the Latino influence, the brown influence, but the white man back then was called a cattleman. It is only the black hands that were called cowboys. So even the term, if it weren't for brown and black, there'd be no cowboys. Now, I'm going to tell you my favorite that I learned now. Have you ever heard of Loretta Janetta Velasquez? Name sounds familiar, but no. Okay. I'm just going to read to you her bio here. She is a woman who uh, claimed to have masqueraded as a male Confederate soldier during the American Civil War. She wrote a book about her experiences that after her soldier husband's accidental death, she enlisted in the Confederate States Army in 1861. She fought at Bull Penn, Ball's Bluff, Fort Donaldson, all these pivotal moments in the Civil War. She then became a Confederate spy, working both as a male and a female and as a double agent reporting to the U.S. Secret Service. She remarried three more times and being widowed in each existence. Now, she wrote a book, a 600-page book about her exploits called The Woman in Battle, a narrative of the exploits, adventures, and travels of Madame Loretta Janetta Velasquez. Now, of course, some historians say, whoa, how could she corroborate this? There's something she can't corroborate and whatnot. But my question is, while Bill Hickok or or any, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, right. He really did that or any, you know, <laughs> Billy the Kid. How is it you've never heard of a Latina, okay, a Cuban-born woman who, who was an undercover double agent for the Secret Service during the Civil War, and you've never even heard of her. There's been no miniseries. There's no Netflix show. That story, to me, blew me away. So I, I would say for anybody uh, listening that's interested, just look look up Loretta Janetta Velasquez. That's it for this special Brown and Black Hispanic Heritage Month edition. We'd like to thank our friends, Laura Martinez, Keith Hernandez, and Sabina Latang, Byron Saunders, Keith Brown, and Michelle Black. And if you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. This episode was edited by Joshua Tirado. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
We'll see you on the next episode of Brown and Black. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.